Hello, welcome back to Meraki Unboxed. My name's Simon Thompson, your host of the show, and it's awesome to have you with us once again. Meraki Unboxed is a podcast we run every couple of weeks. Every other Wednesday, we publish a new episode, and we focus it on all kinds of different topics, technology, people at Meraki, the external partners, vendors, and customers that we work with. And so we try to bring a nice variety of content to you with uh, our over 60 episodes we've got in the bag now. Uh, so do go back and have a look at that archive if you haven't had a chance to, uh, to catch up yet. There's some really good stuff in there. And in fact, the session that we're doing today is a continuation of a, a series of uh, podcast episodes where we're focusing around experiences. And this has been a really important word for us at Meraki in 2021, uh, where we're really trying to just change the conversation uh, from thinking too much about the bits and the bytes and the individual pieces of technology, but really what you can do with it and how you can change experiences for people. That's really what we're here to do in the world of technology. So we're really excited to be talking about that again today. Uh, before I get into the detail, just want to remind you that uh, having guests on the show and having new ideas is what keeps this podcast fresh and keeps our big audience uh, coming back time and time again. So if you do have some ideas uh, that you'd like to share, uh, if you'd like to be on the podcast, love to hear from you. And do reach out to me. Use Twitter and you can find my uh, handle there is at Meraki Simon. Ping me a message. I would love to hear from you and get you involved in this podcast. Okay, so let's get into today's episode. And as I said, this is the second in our series around experiences. We did one uh, just a couple of episodes ago. So do go back and check that out if you'd like to uh, hear more on this topic. Uh, but let's get our guests introduced so we can get into today's conversation. First of all, we have Bernhard Mail, who's joining us from Kisi. Good morning, Bernhard. Hey, good morning. Thanks for having me. It's great to have you with us. I'm really excited to hear your story. Uh, we're going to get into that really shortly. And then joining us from Meraki, we have the veritable Jordan Noonan. Hey, Jordan. Veritable. I love that intro. Thanks, Simon. Happy to be here. It's great to have you here as well. And um, tell us what you do at Meraki, Ben, um, Jordan. Yeah, so I've been at Meraki for a long time in a variety of roles. Uh, as of late, uh, I'm an evangelist, so I'm like you, Simon. Uh, I am all about understanding how to position uh, Meraki to help our customers solve problems. That's what we're all about here. So we're going to get into the conversation now. And um, Bernhard, I also really would love to hear uh, your background. And uh, you know, maybe that's a good place for us to kick off as well. Uh, just tell us um, what you do, what Kisi is all about, and then we'll, we'll get into a conversation around the, uh, the whole sort of workforce experiences and what you're doing. Sure thing. Um, yeah, um, in my role as CEO at Kisi, um, I do a lot of things all day, mainly thinking about where in the future we need to grow and how we can serve users' needs better. Um, and we started this company, um, or I started a company with two of my uh, friends from school. And um, the reason why we did that um, and we got the idea to start Kisi is because we all didn't have access to our offices in companies where we worked at before. So the ignition of this um, idea to start a cloud-based access control company, that's probably the category keyword that you would use, mm -hmm. uh, really came from a bad user experience in our, uh, that, we all, that we had ourselves. And that's uh, how we came to be Keezy and um, now we're here today. I love hearing those kind of entrepreneurial stories around how the idea gets seeded, you know, and it's it's quite often about a, a real world challenge that 
you sort of stumble across and realize that you want to do something about it. So that's, that's really interesting. Um, Jordan, do you want to just um, paint a, a broad picture and get us into the conversation around uh, this sort of experiences concept and, and how we want to think about that? Yeah, certainly. I think I think the important thing, and this will come as a shock to zero people listening to this, uh, expectations at work have changed uh, in a variety of realms. Uh, the big one we're seeing is where work is, is taking place has dramatically shifted. Uh, in the past, it was more of a binary situation where you had, you know, your workers in the office and you had your workers working from home, potentially a small subset of those workers. And now that whole demographic has just been completely upended and there's a whole gradient of options and configurations that customers are needing to embody and they need to embody them quickly in order to to serve those uh, serve those employees and those workers. So really uh, in, in the in the lens of experiences, you know the experiences that we want to enable for for customers is that remote work experience. So if you have a you know, a group of really distributed, disparate workers out there, you need to enable them. And then probably more in focus to, to most organizations is the idea of hybrid work or that, that gradient of options that uh, customers have when it comes to, you know, working at home, working in the office, having a split coming in. And then, you know, this is where I'd love to get into it with you, Bernhard, is what are the opportunities and in, in the areas that, you know, we need to reinvest in in order to meet that growing need. And in the case of access control, how do we provide desks and areas for people to work that are variable um, to, to meet kind of that dynamic shift in the market? So, Yeah, and I think, you know, before the pandemic, uh, access control has been pretty nerdy and people were really motivated replacing their keys and their cards with a mobile credential. And that's what we've done really well. But, um, you know, with the pandemic, it looks like, um, you know, we, we're starting to think about a workplace in a very different way. And you need to use your spaces more efficiently and with different, you know, purpose maybe. And that's how IT kind of often becomes the driver of new facility initiatives that are infrastructure driven. And that's what you mentioned as well with like resources that are meeting rooms or desks or like infrastructure is uh, access control, but could as well be video uh, surveillance or any other sensors that you wanna use. And so those two worlds basically interconnect um, on the user side and the infrastructure side and becomes an experience that IT typically sets up and automates. And um, what we've seen as a big trend when you think about the data that uh, they've been handling is that they're not so interested in like locking down facilities and saying, hey, over 200 users, we don't let anyone in anymore. They're very interested in like behind the scenes getting the data and like maybe alerting that you can understand capacity, that you can understand occupancy and like what is busy, which days are busy, which hours are uh, rush hours in the office or in facilities and um, kind of react basically from there and build different types of opportunities for end users to use those facilities. And I think that's kind of how we see the dynamic shifting a little bit also on the security paradigm that, you know, it's not about 
who do you keep out? It's more like, how do you enable the best experience for people who are motivated to come to the facility and want to be productive and collaborate? And that's kind of what how they use the data to to influence the, those kind of workflows. You know, it's uh, it's kind of ironic that you know before this this dynamic change uh, in the workforce happened, and there's always kind of this creep towards IoT adoption. And I find it very interesting that as people have left the HQ more and more, there's been a greater need to get insight into like what's actually going on there so that you can enable, like you said, that collaboration, those individuals that might be you know, spending two or three days at home, but also then need to be able to come into to a physical space to collaborate or get you know project work done. Yeah, and uh, what has been also interesting on that note is that um, you know, IoT in the past has, has been a really problematic um, word for a lot of people because they read about IoT hacks all the time. Um, but now it's really at a place where you have to use IoT, otherwise your space can't survive. You know, like you cannot be remotely in control of what's going on on the facility and stay compliant and um, react the way you need to react if you don't use IoT. It's not nice to have anymore and like must have and that also changed uh, uh, the way companies purchase uh, these types of devices and infrastructure and they are now much more sophisticated um, and are able to buy them without having to fear of getting hacked and that's kind of a huge change in the market that you know they're just ready to adopt those things i have a question actually i i think uh, I would love to know a little bit more about the the solutions that you've initially started to focus on uh, as you grew out this business, um, Bernhardt. So, I mean, could you just paint a picture for us and just just give us a sense of some of the some examples, perhaps, of of what kind of experiences you're impacting with your technology? Yes. So, I think uh, maybe the best one to start with is. Um, with our first customer, uh, so when we started maybe about eight years ago, um, we launched Kizi at, you know, uh, um, a startup event. And the first company who came to us at that time, um, who said, I really need this because I have problems, people getting in the building and in my space, and they always complain and never have access, was a co-working space at that time. And funny enough, that at like eight years ago, that was maybe one out of three uh, co-working spaces in Manhattan. Mm. Um, and so that was probably the earliest form of hyper-dynamic workplace. <laughs> um, and uh, and it just grew from there with the cloud enablement of uh, collaboration tools and anything like that and work from anywhere kind of uh, styles that employers tolerate. And so um, mobile credential kind of enables um, remote on and off boarding. So as a end user, you can book a space for a day or for buy a membership for a month. And then you automatically, after paying for that membership, you get access for that location for a day or month or however you booked it, long you booked it for. And that's kind of how the uh, shared workspace model works. And um, now other companies are doing similar things, uh, which is why we're really good at it. But obviously they don't, don't charge the, and they don't charge the employees to come to work. Um, um, but uh, that is, has been the core workflow we've been building on, on top of. And now more recently, we are building it more into a platform where you can also share visitor passes with someone where you can not 
have everyone, all employees, always have access to the location, but only the ones who are booking a location, uh, you know, and with like it, it becomes a lot more complicated and with many more admins involved. And I think that's why um, we have been adding to the platform, morphing it into more like a access control or a physical security platform uh, with many different solutions that you can build. No, that's super interesting. I, um, at one end of the spectrum, I'm imagining like what you just said, the shared workspace where that's the actual business model. And then on the other end, it's like, I'm an organization that wants to enable 30, 40, 50% of my workforce to be able to come in two out of the five days a week. How do I enable that in a safe and scalable way? And it sounds like Kisi is one of those potential options that will allow you to, to you know, kind of bring those collaborative spaces back into being. Yeah, I mean, um, if you think about the typical IT team, you know, maybe it's uh, one IT person on every, what, 100 employees. And so typically, you don't have um, IT staff in every location. And so a lot of them use our data to predictively forecast real estate needs now. And real estate teams ask the IT teams now, what, what, what do you think? What's the occupancy? Um, how fast has it been growing? The usage do people like to go to that location? They've never been there um, because they work centrally and manage 20 different offices in nationwide. And so those information pieces really become valuable to a lot of teams outside of IT that plan the future of the space as well. And I think that's really interesting. One of the one of the areas that um, we chatted about before we hit the record button, Bernhardt, was around this sort of change in the workplace, where uh, facilities and IT, the kind of the, the roles are sort of merging together over time. Do you want to just share some of that, your your own experiences of that, and how you've how you found your technology uh, changing? some of the uh, the experiences that are happening within the organization itself, you know, specifically thinking about facilities and IT. Yeah, so to, uh, traditionally, if you think about specifically access control systems, they've been purchased by facility teams by simply contracting an outside vendor, um, not even knowing what brands they have, but the vendor seems reputable and like allowing them to install whatever they are carrying. Mm. Um, now that the responsible about those infrastructures is moving more to IT and IT has an extreme high interest to understand what they're actually installing, what brand is this, how is the support, how's the experience for the end user, what can we do with it? And um, it's not only security and like uh, ease of use and management, it's also about scalability and uh, making sure that they actually can integrate it with other workflows. So for example, when IT provisions an identity for a new employee, um, that employee should probably be in a group in your identity provider where they get automatically access control for that location as well. And so with automating those things, the facility team actually has more time uh, making sure the facility is in good shape rather than doing a lot of manual overhead tasks. And everyone loves that. And I think in the end, it brings uh, IT and facilities closer together. Uh, if you have an easy user interface for facilities to use on a day-to-day -day basis, the IT can do all the you know setup and behind-the-scenes kind of automation and uh, reporting uh, based on the same tool and data set. That really, you know, enables teams to collaborate using 
facility tools a lot a lot more and that's really different than just a couple of years ago have you actually had to build sort of special bespoke interfaces for uh, for facilities teams for the for the data because you know sometimes there's more presented in an IT platform than than a facilities person might need and I, I know that's something we've considered with our our new um, vision um, what's it called yeah. <laughs> Jordan what's the name of it the uh, the vision portal I think it's the called. Vision portal. yeah yeah the vision one. Um, we've always had different roles so a typical use case for example is that uh, IT so maybe a systems engineer has like an infrastructure role and can configure the hardware and control the hardware and make changes to it but for example can't necessarily share access um, only uh, uh, administrator can share access and um, facilities for example um, could be allowed to either like if it's really an for example an office manager level um, to just check does someone have access can review recent events and that's where for example an integration we have with Meraki MV camera um, is that we pull in snapshots or uh, snippets from the video feed and show it alongside the uh, access event. So when the door opens or when there's a door alarm, then you can just go in Kizi and look at the most recent event and see the video snippet right next to it or the pictures. And when you're more interested in it, you click on it and go to the Meraki dashboard. That's really great for like the workplace because you basically um, not only give an all-in-one dashboard to people, but also uh, avoid that someone has to sit in front of 24-7 surveillance uh, systems, mm. which you don't want everyone to have access to. And that makes it a lot more employee-friendly employee and privacy-friendly that uh, if you don't need to give all access of data to everyone. And um, it's funny you bring up the rules because recently we've had a lot of customers ask about custom rules and so it's like companies give access admin access to people who never had uh, access to such a system before like for example a marketing team lead now needs to check who was in from the marketing team or anything like that and that information over time will just be more transparent like pushing it into slack or microsoft teams or anything uh, communications wise and uh, just making sure people know who's on site. So if they need anything or they want to come to collaborate, they, they can. I think just to add on to what Bernhard just said, I think that really underscores the importance of interoperability now with kind of these modern use cases that are emerging. And, you know, yeah, you're going to want to be able to take information from one system and populate it to Slack, uh, like, like you just pointed out. Um, Zooming out even a little bit further, though, just a point I want to make about just the overall technology platform. Um, you want to think about what that platform is and how easy it is to kind of modularly add on the you know amazing solutions like like Kisi on top of that platform. And at Meraki, we like to think about simplifying that process uh, and making it uh, really transparent and straightforward to go from you know knowing you need to solve something, to actually implementing and solving it quickly and intuitively. And that's where partners like Kisi come in and, and really help us to take uh, uh, what we can do for customers to the next level. Interoperability is really, really important. It is really the takeaway. Um, you know, Bernhard talked about it in the context of Kisi being able to push you know, messaging out. Zooming out a little bit further, uh, the platform, the technology platform, obviously I'm 
I'm a Meraki person. So obviously, hint, hint, nudge, nudge, I'm talking about Meraki here. But it's critically important to consider how easy it's going to be for you to partner uh, with organizations like Kisi to solve some of these kind of next-gen, bespoke, really cool, but really at the same time challenging uh, problems that customers are coming up against. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so obviously we're now starting to think, and a lot of people are now starting to go back into into the workplace. So, um, Bernhard, well, I'm assuming that this has led to a complete revisiting of of uh, what the experience should be like for for people who are coming back as we try to go back to the the normal or something like the new normal. Um, tell us what that's been like for you. What what um, what kind of um, conversations are you having with your customers around around improving the experience as we get into the new normal yeah so uh, this has been very interesting in the past two years i think uh you know when when covid started there were like the short-term effects of like people wanting to require health surveys before you get into the space and then only conditional approve access control when the questions were you know in the right uh, for uh, like the right answers, but I think that quickly moved away um, because that gets in the way of making it easy for people to come back to work. And so really um, uh, companies have been looking at a lot of, you know, convergence of uh, workplace tools, so not only for the admin that they have everything in one uh, that they can automate using um, really what we provide is almost physical identity signals. So, you know, we know when someone shows up, we know uh, you can use that data to trigger something else from there. Um, and that's how now companies start to build better experiences for that people really find useful and productive. So you can think of security features when someone unlocks the door that only then you can access certain other things. Um, and or or if you, we know that this is a person who always needs a desk when they come or always doesn't need a desk because they're in a meeting room all the time, then you can automatically do some booking on, on behalf of them. And when they unlock the door, they automatically get a desk assigned. Like you can mm -hmm. basically build it as a flow of, you know, you your home, you're working from home, then you go into, I don't know, shared uh, ride, and then you go to work and you unlock the door and then the experience continues from there. So it's more like a flow instead of like a singular product experience. That's really a totally different uh, conversation with companies, often around their own workplace apps, what their vision is, what that they want to merge everything from the different apps into one uh, workplace app that they want to use. And we, we, we are happy to be like an SDK for those, you know, like it's really about uh, what does the end user in the end have to do and what benefits the, does the end user have mm. uh, from this whole uh, IoT and cloud and all that stuff. Um, so they want to make it easier and more fun, uh, more productive, more collaborative. And that's kind of the goals now versus um, in the past that was more admin focused. Yeah, so very much around just trying to connect experiences together as opposed to them being lots of point solutions. And uh, that's, exactly. that's, that's always been a big problem with uh, the application of technology is that it's often done to address a specific issue that somebody runs into, but but then you kind of, you create problems elsewhere. So yeah, I mean, absolutely. If I think about going into the workplace, I've, I want to think about the transition from 
you know, the door, the perimeter, and then into, you know, workspaces that are shared with other people, hot desks and meeting rooms. There's all sorts of technology implications for those. Yeah, and especially when you come from the IT world, you know, Meraki has the amazing Meraki marketplace or the Meraki ecosystem. And that's normal in IT. It's just not normal that you can now even uh, leverage uh, uh, infrastructure or spaces in that ecosystem, in the same ecosystem as well, and combine it with the other cloud tools that you already use. And I think that's that's new and sometimes blows people's minds. <laughs> we like that. We like to do a bit of that. Yeah, it's fun to see in calls when people people come to us for access control and they realize what they can really do. Absolutely. So, Jordan, how do we um, tie this back into? Because you, you obviously you started us off with a, a great sort of broad. Uh, conversation around experiences and the and the progression of those over time. Uh, sure. yeah. I think the takeaway is new new areas of opportunity for the digital workplace. Um, people want to work from everywhere, uh, and that's going to present some new challenges for us to solve. Uh, Kisi has been a great partner with Meraki to solve a whole range of those challenges on the access control side and in the context of hybrid work, getting people back to the office, getting them collaborating and doing it in a safe and secure way. Uh, this isn't going to change. Uh, there's there's going to be more and more ways that people are going to want to work. And when we think about enabling them at scale, uh, it's important to consider uh, a unified technology platform and one that you're going to be able to spin up quickly and simply. Uh, and of course, here I'm, I'm talking about the Meraki platform. So. Um, yeah, in terms of enabling those workforce experiences, uh, that's what we're all about in the next next year. That's that's our primary focus because we we totally anticipate uh, that that trend to continue, mm. and that's not going away anytime soon. Yeah, and, sp and speaking of those trends, um, Bernhard, what are you anticipating? What do you see as as next in terms of focus areas for you? What 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 is what has customers' real-world implementation of your technology told you and informed you about uh, where you take this from here? <laughs> yeah, um, I think other than just you know dynamic workplace workflows, I think that's one big theme that we have. Um, people are like really willing to customize those using our API, connecting it with their system, where it's not an out-of-the-box uh, connection. But on the other side, what we think a lot um, about is People start to, you know, when you see the hybrid workplace, people typically still have an HQ. Maybe it needs to be a smaller one because not as many people are there. But then you start to see like smaller groups of people in the same cities. So what we expect is that a lot of companies start to decentralize uh, because a lot of people don't want to live in the big, you know, cities like New York anymore hmm. uh, where I'm at. Um, for whatever reason, right? And there's all legitimate reasons for it. And um, so this decentralization of spaces is really a big theme. And then on this, at the same time, it becomes more and more crucial that you unify the systems across all the spaces because otherwise it's not possible to have those place-to-place -place 
experiences where you could say, hey, um, next week I'm actually in Miami. Can I work there for a month because I'm visiting a friend? So you 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 can do those like be a better workplace by enabling those roaming around type of um, um, use cases around your facilities. And that's a big trend we are looking at. Um, and that's also something that we see a lot from tech enabled companies that they want to provide unified system across all facilities because they've seen it just creates problem if it's all separate. And um, yeah, I think something we haven't talked about a lot about, but we that we think a lot about is um, also the channels that can help with that. So the integrators have been like have been super high in demand for solutions they have never been needed to provide. Um, and get asked for workplace topics and everything like that. So we're also having a huge focus on like the channel side of things where they become basically supporters in this whole workplace, new workplace hybrid um, ecosystem and uh, are super excited about it. And that's, right. I think, something that that is new too. So, so if I understood you correctly, you're saying that the, the sort of... The I mean, there's so many different terms for for these folks, but essentially the the resellers who and who supply the equipment, but also add services on top of that. Uh, this is a new yeah, exactly. area that they can add on to 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 bolster exactly. their own offer. And that's how what resellers have been looking for a long time is to become more value added. And all of a sudden, yeah. they get asked for how do we get in those? I mean, you guys you know, do the identity already, what about physical presence? And they get those questions and start researching systems like ours. And uh, it's really exciting to be in those conversations and that is huge opportunities for resellers and channels. Yeah. I'm actually really curious because uh, we, we were talking about these different um, working environments and it's a language that we we spoke a little bit before the pandemic. You know, as you said, we, the whole thing with, with your own organization started around these flexible workspaces uh, that people were starting to, to build that were popping up here and there. Uh, what's fascinating to me now is... The, the pandemic kind of threw everything out as as uh, all of the all of what went before and now we get to think more flexibly and more creatively about where we can be most productive those of us who are fortunate enough to to be able to work online and potentially therefore anywhere uh, we have that available to us and and in fact uh, we've been asking ourselves that question and asking our own employees you know where uh, do you spend your working time is it is it all at home is it is it in a do you want to get straight back to the office as soon as you can do you want to spend some time in a you know a different working environment like a coffee shop or a shared workspace uh, i think this is a really interesting period of history from for the workforce um, as we as we sort of learn to to adapt the technology to this more flexible approach uh, so Bernhardt, just just tell us uh, where people can go and learn some more about uh, your own organization, because I think there's been a lot of interesting stuff that we've talked about here. Uh, and of course, it, it really helps people to be able to then go and take the next step and see uh, see what more detail is out there. Sure. Yeah, I, I guess the easiest uh, place would be our website, getkeezy.com. Um, and uh that's probably a good place to start. We keep it, try our best to keep it updated with the latest uh, information. And yeah, I would love to talk uh, anytime someone has a question or wants to talk about any of the topics covered more, would be happy to hop on a call. Fantastic. All right. Well, I think we've done it. Um, thank you very both very much indeed. Um, Jordan, thank you for, for taking us into that introduction on experiences. Likewise. Thanks, Simon. Yeah, thanks a lot, guys.
Yeah, thanks, Bernhard. Really appreciate the time. Yep, it's, this is this Same is what here. it's all about, right? It's uh, it's just sharing uh, real stories about uh, and, and and tying it into this bigger bigger picture. And so we'll be back with another episode around experiences uh, fairly soon. So look out for that uh, as we sort of continue to explore this. And of course, if you are uh, have any reactions to the session that we've done today, if you think about your own workforce and what you're planning to do from here on and wondering how you're going to support that with technology, love to hear from you, as I said. So once again, reach out to me on Twitter at Meraki Simon and let me know your thoughts. We'd love to, uh, to get you involved in the podcast uh, down the road. So do do that if you can. So we'll wrap it up here. Thanks again for joining us. We'll be back in two weeks. Until then, stay well, stay safe. Bye-bye for now. 